I have Joey McCoon on the call here, and we are today is all about sound healing, what that is, you know, the benefits of it, and how one can use that in their own journey of healing. And there's so many things to do in one's path of healing and transformation. There's so many things out there, but sound is one of them. So with that said, Joey, you know, I think maybe what we can start with is just a quick intro to you, and we can go dive deeper into your history, but a quick intro to you, and from your perspective, what is is sound healing about and what are the benefits and that kind of thing? Of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. I love to talk about sound. Obviously, I've, my entire world has adjusted to be surrounded with uh, offering sound healings. <laughs> so it's obviously impacted me quite a bit. I guess to begin talking about sound healing, I think we should talk you know, scientifically what it's about, really a little bit of the background. I started with sound initially with Tibetan bowls in the Nepal area and the Tibet area the Buddhists would do healing ceremonies. And I was really deeply touched by that. And so I started with the metal bowls and doing research into like how that affects your body. Later, I got into the crystal bowls. So let's start with all bowls. <laughs> we know that frequency and vibration affects your body, right? Your body is made up of 70, 75% water. And there's a very famous doctor and scientist, Dr. Yamoto, that wrote a book and did a bunch of research on how frequency and vibration affects you. And since your body is made up mostly of water, it shows how it changes you on like a cellular basis. It actually changes your DNA. So Dr. Emoto took photos of water droplets, and he would take the water droplets from different places, sometimes like a garbage dump area, or sometimes it would be a sacred pond or something like that. And then he worked with the vibration of sound with it, where he would say, I love you into the water droplets. And he would take photos of that with a microscope. And it would show when you when you were loving and used intent in a really loving way and a good, beautiful way toward the water, it would form into like beautiful snowflake shapes. But when you took water droplets, that were polluted and you said cruel things to it, like, I hate you, you're ugly, really simply horrible things like that, just straight to the water and took a photo of it, it would stay in a blob formation. And then it showed that if you took that blob formation and started infusing it with kindness and love, how it started to transform into a snowflake shape. So it showed that your intention and the vibration and frequency of what you're saying, that moved the water and turned it on a cellular basis. I mean, it actually changed it like the DNA. So we know that's how it works in your body. So the metal bowls are kind of what I started with because, you know, it's, it was originally the oldest form of sound healing was through the, the metal bowls. Later, when sound bowls, uh, crystal sound bowls came about, I realized the impact of the crystal with the science of how it works on your body made such an amazing impact because every crystal that we have out there has a different healing modality. For example, rose quartz is love and emotion, right? Um, you have amethyst, which is similar to love and emotion. You have tiger's eye, which will work on a prosperity and abundance level with a person. You have all different crystals working on different chakras. There's different tunes to each of your chakras. So when you have a bowl that's tuned and it's made of crystals and they're 90% crystals, plus they can have an infusion, like an alchemy of different healing modality crystals. Whatever that bowl is, is sending out the vibrations and frequencies to the body of the person that's being bathed in the sound. So as a sound healer, we're really just weaving sound. It's like a tapestry that it's kind of like a pharmacy. So basically when I have someone that comes in for a one-on-one, -on -one, I'm looking at them, I'm talking to them, I'm interviewing them about what they're hoping for in the session. And then I look at my table of 50 bowls and I say, okay, this is a prescription for them. And I'm going to channel which one to be playing and which frequency and vibration to be weaving through and around them to help them get 
rebalanced and recalibrated. So bulls are sending out and emitting different frequencies of vibrations. We know it's affecting you on a cellular level scientifically. And so that's sort of the basis of sound healing and the background of it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a great intro. <laughs> awesome. It's a lot, but there's so much more to it. That's in a nutshell, of course. Yeah, we can explore all the intricacies of that, you know, throughout this podcast. But, um, you know, that, that first part, the intention, sound, frequency affecting even just water, but obviously affecting all of us because most of the world is water. Us individually as a human body is like you're saying 70% water. When you hear that, it's like, it's no wonder the world is jacked up. We just look at how much we just say mean things to each other. You see on social media and politics, we're being pretty mean and judgmental to each other all the freaking time is like, oh, well, no wonder, you know? I mean, haven't you ever watched the news? And I mean, I try not to, but if it's on the vibration and frequency coming from that sometimes upsets me too much because yes. I live in a world where I'm working in frequency and vibration. So some music I can't listen to because it's just too much coming at me. And I'm I'm tuned into the TV. If something, I never want to fall asleep to a television because look oh. what's coming in you, yeah. right? Like you don't even realize what's coming at you. That's all sound and frequency based. And so when like you hear things that upset you, for me, for me, I can't even watch a scary movie, not scary, yeah. like, okay, someone's been kidnapped, but I mean, like the more satanic sort of things, yeah, the, there's a that, lot of the those. energy, the energy in that comes through the TV to me. And, and yeah. I feel that frequency and the intent of that movie and that producer is to scare people and to, you know, send through these frequencies, it actually affects me. So I purposely can't watch things like that. I mean, the news, all of that kind of stuff, it literally can change how your day is going when you have that coming at you. It's such a great point. Um, I feel the same as well. Danica, even more so. You know, my wife, Danica, she's extra <laughs> sensitive. You're sensitive. And so, um, yeah, we don't watch that. We don't watch too much news as well. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's a great point for everybody that's listening. You know, pay attention to what you are watching, what you're listening to. Is it lifting you up? Or is it bringing you down? Or is it causing anxiety? Or is it cause, you know, there's all the different emotions. And that's what we work with with sound. A lot of people come in and they don't, they're like, oh, I just am here to relax. Okay, great. We can start with the relaxation, but let's go deeper into this when we're working on a one-on-one -on -one or when we're working on a group. Sometimes people fall asleep right away because their body just needs to shut down to recalibrate so that they can be up-leveled in their frequency. And that's, yeah. and that's okay because they're mostly in the theta state, kind of like when you're in a massage and you're like half asleep. That's okay to do that. Um, but what we're doing is we're recalibrating your body. We're tuning all of your chakras. We are allowing your body to relax and up level and we're raising the frequency. We always say, let's raise the vibration, right? That's exactly what sound healing is doing. We're raising the vibration of every person that's listening to it. But what people don't realize is that it's happening on an exterior level everywhere. When you're in the car with the radio on, when you have the TV on in your home, when your children are watching watching TV, what's, what are the advertisements and the music on the Disney movies and all of the things that's affecting you without realizing it. When you're pulling up to a restaurant and you hear music before you walk in or a store where you're going shopping, everything is doing something to you. Is it something that's making you feel good? Or is it something that is making you anxious? I mean, you have to really check in and clue into that and understand what you're around. I've become so sensitive playing bowls for the last 15 years that I truly have to leave a bar sometimes. I mean, not that I go to bars, but I mean, like if I walk into a place to meet friends and something is too aggressive, it's too much for me. And I, I, I'm still a fun person. Don't get me wrong, but I, I have to be like, oh, wow, can we turn that down? Or I need to go. I mean, I have a certain frequency that I live within and now I'm really affected by 
lower frequencies, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a gift, but it's also a curse when you start doing this so full time and <laughs> immersing in it because you're definitely feeling all these other parts. And once you clue into that, you're like, wow, on an external level, so much more is happening than what we're actually tapping into, you know, it's not just a step back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a blessing. The curse It's almost like there's like bliss and ignorance as they say, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, if you're going to wake up, you're going to heal and begin changing your life and improving your life. You know, it's unavoidable to start paying attention to this stuff right Absolutely. and eventually you start to like like you said you, you have so much experience just knowing what is bringing you down and up it's just like an automatic like you just sounds like you know that that self-care to just turn on when the moment arises and you know it just allows you to just kind of move through situations better and we have that awareness just knowing how things are affecting you because if we're not con- conscious to it whether you're ignorant of it or not is affecting you at the end of the day or end of the week you just run down and you don't know why you just haven't been conscious to work around it or through it so absolutely I want to come back, kind of circle all the way back to it sounded like the beginning of your journey, your first experience with like sound healing through the Tibetan singing bowls, right? Or in um, Nepal, right? Mm-hmm. What inspired that trip? Um, hiking. I was a mountain climber. So I oh, was wow. summoning a bunch of peaks all over the world. Yeah. And I just heard about this fun healing relaxation experience. So barely spiritual at that point in my life, actually. I'm newly awakened, but not thinking that it was a big spiritual thing that I was doing. It was more like, oh, so what you do when you're here, you know? Uh Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because all this stuff has been coming at you from all directions. And And I found it very relaxing and beautiful. And so I immediately went home and bought a set of metal bowls. And they're like the rustic, you know, antique ones that were made by the monks and everything. And I loved them. They were beautiful. And people were like, what are all these bowls all over your living room? You know, this is in the very beginning. And it's funny, I I loved them and they were a beautiful introduction for me, but they were just an introduction to the crystal bowls. And once I heard about crystal bowls, that was like my whole world changed. So I have an affinity to crystals. I've collected them my whole life. And if you ever come to my home, you'll see there's so many of them. Like you can't not see them. They're just everywhere. Big ones, little ones, medium ones, you name it. They're my favorite thing in the world. They're living beings. They're so energetic. They're incredible. And I've literally been collecting them since I was a child. So when I heard that was such a thing as a crystal singing bowl. This is way in the beginning. This is like over 15 years ago. I mean, this is, I can't even remember how many years it's been somewhere between 15 and 20 years is when all this happened. And so I ordered a set of crystal bowls and there was no such thing as a sound bath yet. Just so you know, I mean, that yeah, it was, I mean, you're saying you know, 50 to 20 years ago, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, think those, they're, they're around. It wasn't a trending thing yet. Yeah. So I'd heard about these, someone I met in Peru when I was on a climb said to me, Oh, have you heard about the crystal bowls? You'd probably really like those. And I'm like, what is that? So I get back and I do some research and I order these bowls and they show up and they're enormous. And my whole living room is filled with these big bowls and these boxes. And I'm so excited. And my husband comes home and he's like, what is this? And I'm like, lay down. I mean, I didn't even know what to do with it. I just said, lay on the couch. And so he lays down. I mean, it's like six o'clock at night. And I said, just close your eyes. And then I started, I tapped the bowl for the very first time. And it's like, I had this remembrance that came through me and I just started playing. And next thing you know, I was giving a sound bath. I was just playing all of these bowls. I had seven of them, one for each chakra. They're each like two and three feet big. I mean, they're enormous because back then they didn't make the ones that they make now. And I'm just sitting here playing and my husband fell asleep and he woke up after an hour and he was like, that was the most amazing thing. What you were just bathing me in sound. And I said, I know it was amazing. So I started having, you know, dinner parties and stuff and people would come over and say, what are these? And I'm like, lay down, you're going to love it. So I was naturally just doing this and it became like a party favor, right? Like a party trick when people came (laughs) over. 
it wasn't anything I was making money on or anything, but I had this remembrance and I would go into this place where I was channeling when I was playing. And funny enough, I'm not a musical person. In fact, I did band when I was like in middle school and was pretty much last chair and like not at all musically inclined and can't sing. Well, once I got into the Crystal Bowls, um, now I sing. Now I am musically inclined. I play multiple instruments. I mean, this really brought out a part of me that was hidden that I really didn't even know existed within me. So it's been a really beautiful gift. And as I was playing, my vibration was changing and I'm playing them more and more and more. And the next thing you know, I'm getting planetary gongs and I'm playing those. And now I've set my basement up. I had a movie theater room. I've set it up into a sound temple and now people are paying me to come over. I did it for free forever. Next thing you know, I'm in the park, I'm at the beach, I'm in the backyard. And it just grew into this whole business. Keep in mind, I had a regular day job, you know, so I'm like double doing it. And um, as you know, and I'm sure you'll ask me about later, that this shifted into an international move and a calling, a deeper calling to be in service, which is why we ended up in Tulum, Mexico. So the bulls have changed my life, changed my husband's life, become a gateway. I always call it my gateway drug into spirituality because it was, I walked through that gate, I trusted and the universe, I kept channeling all these things to do. And here I am now living in Tulum in the jungle with a sound temple, a water temple, curating incredible sound journeys for people. And I mean, who would have known that my first little metal bowls would have turned into the crystal bowls, which turned into this whole thing changed my life. So it's a good lesson in trusting the universe as well. But the bowls have been a massive gateway game changer for us, for sure. <laughs> a beautiful journey of how it started in Nepal, and then bringing that home in a sense, and then building up to crystal bowls and sharing it with uh, your husband first, and then friends. I love how organic it just sort of just kind of built and grew in your life. Just one thing after the next. Where did you find that transition where it's like, okay, now it's just something that people want to actually come to or or it turns into like a profession or a business. Like where, where did that transition happen for you? So I think at first it was just friends that were coming over and I my collection grew so big. So basically, initially I started with the crystal bowls that are just white frosted crystal. Those are your kind of starter bowls. And when I bought those, that's all that used to be even made. Um, but a couple years into it, they started making what are called alchemy crystal bowls, where they take multiple different crystals and create different alchemies and merge those into the frosted quartz crystal. So these have vibration of all the healing modality mixtures or alchemy of whatever's in that bowl. So these are just amazing potent bowls. And so I started collecting. Next thing you know, I have 30 or 40 or 50 of them. And now I've been called to be playing the planetary gongs that are tuned to different planetary vibrations. So now my living room can't possibly fit all of these things in it at this point. Now they're going into my different rooms in the house and it's kind of ridiculous and I'm packing them around and these are not small items. So I, that's when I turned my movie theater room in the basement into a sound temple. And I just had it all down there when people came over. I'm like, here, lay in these, you know, recliner movie theater seats and let me just give you a little dabble. And people loved it so much that they called me and said, can we do a one on one? And I'm like, well, sure. So I wasn't even charging money. You know, this was just like, come, come, come. I love playing it so much. I'm happy to do this. Yeah. And, you know, through through this process, my husband and I are having a grand awakening together. I mean, so, you know, at the same time, we are being majorly woke and, you know, doing ayahuasca and plant medicines and different things are taking place in our life. So we're growing spiritually, we're blowing up spiritually. And then I have these bowls that are just a hobby for me. And so my background is that I'm a designer, an interior designer, and I also own a real estate firm in Seattle. And 
And so I run an office with, you know, 17 agents in it. And I'm really busy in my own real estate career. So to have the bulls on the side at this point was having a whole, it was growing into a business. So I finally was like, I better start charging a little bit. So I started charging money and I'm getting all these one-on-ones and then I'm getting couples and now people want to bring all their friends. And so now I'm getting groups and this is just growing and multiplying. So then I'm like, well, this, it's not working in the house anymore <laughs> because it's too, no. I can only fit so many people in here. And so I, um, I started doing big group events at the beach, at the park and like my backyard and things like that. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and our son was a senior in college, no, a junior in college. Our daughter was already out of college and working in Boston. And I just clear channel one night, basically God said to me or creator universe, however you want to call it, that you need to go build a sound temple. And I'm like, what's a sound temple? And, and they, he said, you need to build the sound temple that people will come and you need to go internationally to do this. And I'm thinking I'm that woman who's married, has the 401k and the savings, and the vacation properties and the investment properties. And my life's all set. The kids are out of, almost out of college. You know, this isn't the, I'm the person that did all the things you're supposed to do in life, you know, and I, I finally got there and I'm looking at early retirement and stuff. And the next night I get another deeper channel and it's like, no, wake up right now. Like this is, this is what you need to do. So I roll over and look at my husband at like four in the morning and I'm like, Hey, this is really impactful. I think I need to share this with you. I said, what do you think about moving internationally and building a sound temple somewhere? And he goes, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it was just like, he was like, I trust that this is, we're being guided to do something. And so I was like, wow. Okay. So we decided we'd put his, his company on the market and we decided we would put our house on the market. And if both of those things sold, we would sell and liquidate everything and go find a place to live internationally and do this. And long story short, it was like a miracle. Everything sold within no time at all. And we started liquidating and then we were like, where are we going to go? So that was the kicker to like start making money in a different level with this and to go create something. And so there's more of a story of how we found Tulum and our property. But basically, the universe just kept putting things in front of us and opening doors for us. And we just had to trust the process. And the fact that we showed up on land, acreage in the middle of the jungle that's off grid with a 65 million year old cave on it. And we were in a vortex there. We've opened a portal there. It's an amazing situation. I don't know if you know the story and I don't need to go into it if you don't want to hear it. No, we, can, we can go into it, but let's um, go in more into that yeah. a little bit later. But yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, so that's how it kind of transitioned into becoming a business. <laughs> wow, beautiful. It's just like a the ultimate story of like following source and, and trusting in the and like what is calling to you from like the heart and the divine and whatever you want to call it and the beautiful things that can unfold from that you know oh absolutely where I, I see so often is people trying to power through life through the mind of the ego of the story of society even like what you're saying like oh this is how life is supposed to be the 401k and do this and this like that's it but then you know when you get into this healing journey for oneself it opens up the spiritual doors anyways and then that's going to pull you in another direction and it's always beautiful to see what that story looks like for every person i'm emotional about how much this story is about trust and source i mean we yes. we were guided and things just magically unfolded, magically unfolded. And I remember once we got became open, coronavirus hit, the pandemic hit. And I'm like, seriously, seriously, I'm looking up like how I just 
like put my life into this to create this and open this. And now we have to shut down. Like this is, wow, how are we going to survive? Like this is so much unknown and uncertainty. And at that moment, fear was going out everywhere around the world, you know, and no one knew what was happening. And, and then I realized I channeled again, said, Joey, we basically knew that this was coming. You're set up. People are going to start coming because now the doors are open. You have a place and there's all this, this, you know, dark night of the soul happening all over the world and everybody's emerging and wants to, you know, they're coming into higher consciousness and you're prepared for this. And I'm telling you, Mexico was closed for about three and a half, four weeks. It The doors open to tourism and Tulum, especially, we were just blown out of the water with tourists and people coming for healing and everybody wanted that. And I'm like, oh my God, right when I thought it was just blowing up and not going to happen, now it's blowing up in a good way, right? So we just kept trusting that it was that, you know, we were doing the right thing. And I realized that we just were early so that we'd be set up ready for all the people that were coming later. I, so, I remember that time during COVID that I think Tulum or I guess Mexico, but Tulum in particular was one of the very few places that were open, you know, and I, I knew there were people just going down there all the time and just like the synchronicities of you opening it there exactly. <laughs> you know, during like the worst time of like travel. It's just, but you know, incredible. Especially because we didn't love Tulum, yeah. but it was clear that's where we were supposed to be. Every arrow pointed us to it and found the piece of property and all of it. And I'm like, I don't really love it here. Like this, I don't know if this is going to work for me. And so funny that it just all unfolded and, and worked out. And now we do love it. And there's all these positives about it. But I, <laughs> it just is, it's just such a story of trust. I can't, I can't say that more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's been a big lesson in my life as well. You know, trust because it's going to be on the other side of fear <laughs> every time. So absolutely so much experiences and history in your journey. You know, what are some interesting stories that you've you've had with clients? Anything that stands out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you mean something that's happened through sound healing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, when I was in Seattle, initially, I worked with a lot of uh, autistic children and I worked with a lot of cancer patients. So first of all, I'm a sound healer. I like to call myself a sound weaver. Mm. I weave sound or a sound alchemist. That's really more what I am because I'm not a healer. Healers don't heal anyone. We set the space for others to heal themselves, right? Agreed. So I need to make sure to say that first and foremost. But when I have worked with people that are ailing and like, you know, have terminal cancer, they needed a moment here and there for themselves. And they need to be able to relax and have the pain go away and be able to go into a meditative state that's a really beautiful place for them to heal whatever they can heal. And whether that's spiritually or emotionally or physically, whatever it is, you know, I'm setting the space for that. So I've had a really a lot of beautiful, beautiful clients who have come to me in great moments of pain and sorrow and emotional distress. And I've been able to the light that they look forward to every week or twice a week. So that's been really beautiful. I've had autistic children who can't sit still, can't belt it into the car. I mean, tied down because they're so erratic and you know, they put themselves in danger and they get there. And here I'm sitting there with all these beautiful crystal bowls and instruments. And I'm thinking, how's this going to go? They drop in and relax for an hour. And sometimes I would play for two hours because it was just such a restful state to give these beautiful children who never get that, never get that feeling. Yeah. So I've had beautiful things like that happen. Oftentimes in Mexico, when people come, I mean, now we're a destination. So people fly there just to see us sometimes. And it's just so special because our ceremonies are curated for whatever intent 
intention the people have. So anyone who calls me, I say, you know, we talk ahead of time, like, what's your intention? What are you coming for? You know, is this a, a romantic thing with your spouse or partner? Or is this some deep healing emotionally that you're some trauma that you're working through? You know, is it a group setting for a retreat? Whatever it is, we we try to curate specifically with specific medicine musicians and sound shaman for whatever. I've coined those, coined that term sound shaman, by the way, <laughs> which has become a really beautiful mystical experience that we have. But I think that the people come in and oftentimes, you know, maybe a wife will bring their husband, the husband's rolling their eyes, like, what is this? She's bringing me this ridiculous spiritual, you know, new age stuff. And they come in and I have never had it happen where the guy didn't say, or the wife or whoever was drug in, didn't say that was the most beautiful experience. Just, I mean, it just made me feel so much closer to my partner. So what a, what an incredible experience. And what they're not realizing is that I am just up leveling the frequency of them so that they're starting to become a little more matched when maybe one person's trying to drag the other one along. And so we're, we're aligning is what we're doing. We're balancing, we're rebalancing. It's also a connection to nature. So in our sound temple, we suspend people in silk hammocks. So they're like in a cocoon and then they're floating in the sound journey. And afterward, it's like a rebirth as they emerge from it. And then in the water temple, which is our cave in Cenote, you're really being held in the womb of the earth because we're down in the earth and we're you're just really connecting with nature like that. So they're both places are clearly a portal and it's palpable. I've never had people say that it they can't. I mean, it's very, very palpable and the energy is. And so these transformations that we we have, like sometimes I have couples that come up and they say, we feel like we just were remarried. There wasn't a word exchanged between us, but what just happened, the love that surrounded us in this, the codes that came in. And these are people that aren't even that spiritual who are uh-huh. using these words, right? It's so uh-huh. beautiful to hear this. So that kind of transformation is incredible. I have had a couple exorcisms take place, uh, which are not something I sell or want to ever do or ever see or experience again for the rest of my life. And it was not planned. We have had some pretty heavy duty where I start playing. And next thing you know, there's just another whole entity coming out of the person. And the group is like, what is happening? And I can't let anyone leave at that moment because now we get it. We got to work through it, right? Vibrationally and all of that. So there have been two different circumstances like that, which were intense. So I think that, oh, I will say this. What's really interesting is that oftentimes, often, like so often, I get guests that show up. So first of all, they're coming from the city and they're coming into the jungle and we're five miles into the jungle. So they come in and they get out of the car and we meet and greet in this place we call a tea house. And we have a little bit of tea before we head down to our journey that we're going to take together. And sometimes people come into the tea house and just start crying. Sometimes they are walking through the trail and start crying. Sometimes they hit the sound temple or the water temple and then the tears just start coming. And every time they say, I don't know why I'm crying, you know, like this is, I'm just, this is so beautiful. I don't know why I'm crying. And I don't know the answer, but intuitively I know the answer. And what I think is taking place is that we leave, we leave the 3D world, wherever that is in the frequency and the vibration of the outside world. And we start to come into a place that, you know, what we're supplying is a pretty 5D situation there. You know, we're, we're constantly working in in frequency and vibration and we have shamanic work happening and it's all healing work. And it's a very protected place that we're in. It is truly a portal. So when people are coming in, all of a sudden they're leaving the vibration that they're in, which is really chaotic and they're hitting, arriving to this. And it's like they have their emotions just start pouring out of 
them because they're they're leveling at that moment, right? Yeah. It's before the work even starts. It's <laughs> happening. So it's really beautiful to see that. And then to see during during the ceremony and then post-ceremony, the feedback we get. So it's really those, I would say those are that's the most beautiful part of it is that people are called to participate in something like this and they're feeling it just arriving at such a sacred space and then going through the ceremony, what takes place for transformation is really lovely. And it, it you know, is a sound bath going to knock your socks off? Or you're going to feel like you're a completely different person when you're done? No, I call it the gateway. It is a gateway drug to spirituality. It's we're simply rebalancing and relaxing and putting you in a state where we can work on your energies and your aura, your auric fields and things like that to get you into a place where you can begin your healing journey. So we're like a beautiful beginning part, middle part and end part, because we can keep recalibrating yeah. people as they're going through their journeys. Mm-hmm. But is it going to be some transformation where they feel like, oh my God, I'm new. Like after ayahuasca, you know, it's not, it's <laughs> going to have that effect. Although sometimes depending on where you are on your path, it can, right? So, I mean, I have people who can't get out of the hammocks for four hours because they're in it. They're in a space, there's in a zone that they're healing. They're they're going into a beautiful, beautiful space of cocooning themselves before they come out. So, you know, it just depends on, on the person and where they are. But I always like to, you know, people are like, what's going to happen to me? You know, nothing's going to happen to you. This is a beautiful, relaxing journey of self. And it's like you a know. reset. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a reset through like a sound vibration, spiritual massage, right? Yeah. Get you a remembrance, a little bit of a moment of remembrance of what's real, what's important, right? And feelings and connections that were lost, that you easily get lost and get disconnected from in the, the 3D matrix, the human experience Absolutely. of living living the Western lifestyle and, and so on. And get to like, remember like, oh, this is like, what's real. This is like the true state. And I get to remember that I can come back to this. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly what it is. And I think a lot of people say, oh my God, I just felt like their third eyes open yeah. and they're fortunate enough to be in that space. I think some people are like, oh, the codes that I could see and what I could feel that are coming in from the music. And I think a lot of that is just the bowls themselves. It's also the intent behind it and the person that's weaving the sound because there's a many ways to have a sound bath and to experience a sound bath. And I don't think any of them are wrong, mm-hmm. but everyone does them differently. But I'm very pleased when I hear my clients are feeling feeling those changes and the activations and the codes that are coming in because that gives me hope that something is is you know transferring. Anyway, it's, it's very beautiful. It means a lot from you as someone that has done this since like really the beginning, at least in, in Western culture, where it wasn't even a thing or even in the voca- vocabulary, you know, decades ago and to be a, essentially a pioneer. So what a gift that you continue to give. But yeah, I mean, I would love to kind of explore a little bit more, you know, coming back to it, the, the sound healing temple and a little bit more details about what you facilitate there and how people can get access and get involved or, you know, attend in some way. Yeah, of course. Well, I always tell people to attend sound baths in their own city locally, right? You can always find a sound bath. And like I said, there is no wrong sound bath. Everyone does it differently. It's how you personally channel spirit through your body, how it's coming out your hands. I like to think that I'm a straw and that I I channel the light and it comes out through my hands and into the music and the bowls and it's coming out. And I think probably most sound healers would say that, but everyone plays different instruments, right? And has different talents. And some people are stronger with a voice. Some people are stronger shamanically, you know, whatever it is, you're infusing Reiki into it, whatever you're doing, there's magic in it. So there is no bad sound bath, really. I mean, I guess there are, but <laughs> have really good. Oh, yeah, there, there can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Most people have good hearts and they're and they're really, you know, they're not doing bad work. They're they're trying yes. with all this to help somebody. And that's beautiful because my competition, I don't feel like I have competition. I feel like we're all sisters and brothers in sound and we're just all sharing it together. And that if someone calls me from, you know, Austin and they're looking for a place, I would look up and, you know, say who these are the people I know there, you know, yeah. we like to share. But if someone wants to come to see me in the jungle, um, most people follow my Instagram. So it's at Sound Healing Tulum. And we offer many experiences, but sound healing is obviously what we're known for. So we have the sound temple that my husband built me and it's a glass encased sound temple in the jungle and it opens up to the outside. So we have kind of a marriage of the crickets and the birds and the jungle sounds that are, you know, like your backdrop of your sound bath. And that's where I have my guests hang in the silk hammocks. And there I play the alchemy bowls, the crystal bowls and planetary gongs. I of course have some chimes and a few other instruments in there. And that's really my office, <laughs> my officina. And no one else plays in there, just me. And um, it's only open when I'm there and I'm there most of the time, but I've gotten so busy that I don't have a full schedule anymore of it because I'm running retreats and other things like that. So I do take a little bit of a break once in a while from the sound temple. Then we have the water temple. So when we bought our house, we bought acreage in the jungle and we were told that there was a 65 million year old cave on it. And so we had to whack with machetes and go down there and we're like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with this cave. And it was dry. It didn't have any water in it or anything. They said it was a dry cenote. So what's really interesting about Tulum is, this is great info, and most people don't know it, is that when the meteor landed on the earth, creating the ice age, when the dinosaurs went extinct, that meteor hit in the Tulum area on the Yucatan Peninsula. So that's why it is considered to be this vortex of energy there is because of where the meteor hit creating this ice age. Also, we have the Mayan ancestry there, which that lineage goes way back and it's a very sacred lineage. And so together with the Mayan belief system and cosmovision and everything, it's a really beautifully powerful place for healing. Anyway, when that meteor hit, it broke into thousands of pieces. The big one hit, but then it had thousands everywhere, right? Each of those pieces hit creating a sinkhole and those sinkholes became the caves and the cenotes. And so the cenotes are those beautiful sinkholes filled with water and they're connected to an underground river system. It's the largest, longest underground river system in the world. So we have divers that come out and dive through the whole thing. It's really dangerous and can go all the way to the ocean. So we have this beautiful underground river system. The Mayans believe that they were the entrance to the uh, to the underworld, which is their heaven, and that they're incredibly sacred wells. So if you have a cenote, you're in a vortex because it's a piece of meteor that hit it, first of all, right? Wow, yeah. Now, whether you're able to open up the energy there and create a portal that's up to the person that owns it most aren't doing that most of them are touristy and you go in there and swim and there's a bunch of people so now we have this land with a with a cave on it and we're like well bummer no cenote it's dry meaning it folded in on itself but at least we have a cave someday we'll do something with it and long story short my husband's mother died during COVID and he was really distraught. So he went and spent some time meditating in the cave. And there's a bird called a toe, which looks like a Dr. Seuss bird with these big plume of turquoise feathers. And this bird flew in and kept circling him. And they only live where there's water. They only live in cenotes. And he had this family of birds driving him crazy. And he went in the back of the cave with his flashlight and his phone, and he found a puddle of water. And it had a fish that went through it. And he realized that we had a cenote and that if a fish was in there, that we had an in, inflow and an outflow. Because you can't have a cenote, it would just be a mud puddle if, unless you have the flow of the river on either side. So he came up and he said, I'm going to start digging. And so we live off grid and we only have so much power because it's solar energy. And so he manually dug through limestone 
and created what is so beautiful on our property now. And he took everything out that he, like all the mud and clay and rock that he pulled from the top, he used as different levels. So now we have like different level terraces within our cave. It's an extraordinary place actually. And so that became our water temple. And I thought, well, now who's going to find us out here in the middle of the jungle? Because we're 30 minutes outside of Tulum, by the way. And people started coming and next thing you know, taken off and is what it is. But that's kind of the background about the water temple and the sound temple. And what we do are two different kinds of ceremonies. So the water temple has a more shamanic feel. We have medicine musicians and sound shaman, and they play about 50 different instruments. And we have multiple different varieties of experiences that we book depending on the intent of the person. So we are bathing in sound frequencies, but some might be a digitaroo, some might be hand pan. I mean, we have five to 15 staff members. So depending on how big the group is, you're getting, everyone has special attention from different shaman. So it's, it's a whole masterful group, multiple musician experience. So it's really beautiful. So talk about sounds like you're definitely being bathed in many, many, many sounds in, in the water temple experience. It's pretty Sounds cool. incredible. I get yeah. down there. I already told you like, you you know, to. <laughs> for, those, for those in the podcast, I actually did a, a pilgrimage, so to speak in Egypt with Joey, who guided it all the way up and down the Nile river. And we were talking about the sound temple as well and wanting to come. Got to get it in my schedule. But yeah, I mean, it sounds incredible that location is also off grid, self-sufficient, fully immersed in nature, right? And obviously you got your own cenote. I can just imagine the energy there. Very potent. Yeah. So I I will treat you to a sound bath when you come. I promise. Looking forward (laughs) to it. Wonderful. Well, yeah, this has been quite a beautiful journey and exploration into sound healing and the benefits of it and how you can also just add this to your life. Like even Joey said that you can just look, do a Google search, sound healing locally, just fill in the city, you know, sound healing Austin, sound healing New York, and so on. A taste of this. And they're usually very affordable. Like you do like a group class or, or you can look for someone one-on-one. But if you feel called to Joey, I was flying work with her, flying to sound healing Tulum, there will be links. And I will say that on her Instagram, sound healing Tulum, there are pictures of this magical place. And I've seen them already. It's like, whoa, it's, you know, as soon as you see it, it's like, wow, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get there. So with that said, there will be links and other details added into the description of this podcast. But with that said, are there any closing thoughts on your part, Joey, that you would like to add to this? I think we covered it. (laughs) Yeah, this felt pretty thorough. So good stuff. All right. Well, with that, that wraps up this podcast and see you guys on the next one.